Welcome to Chasing Three Hours, a podcast about what runners are chasing, why they keep pushing themselves, and what keeps them curious. I'm Josh Peterson. Today's interview is with Cassie Olfers, an Omaha-based runner that's currently chasing after this podcast namesake. We talk about the journey she's been on and what brought her back to running after being away. Plus, running not one but two virtual Boston marathons, celebrating a race versus looking at what's next, and a whole lot more. Enjoy today's interview with Cassie Olfers. Cassie Olfers, welcome to Chasing Three Hours. Thanks for having me, Josh. I appreciate you coming by. Uh, I start every conversation by talking about the most recent run that the guest had. I know you got out really early this morning. How did it go for you? Um, it went okay. So I'm coming off of the good life Havsy and I've got a little bit of that hip bursitis, kind of my tendon rubbing. So kind of flared it up, mm. but told my husband, who's a physical therapist that I said, it's a blessing in disguise because it flared up after Chicago. And now it means I need to work on it before Tokyo. There, so. Yes. And I plan on asking you about Tokyo. That is so cool that you got into the 2024 marathon there. How valuable is it to have a husband that is a physical therapist, given the amount of miles that you run on a weekly basis? That has to be spectacular. Uh, it is. <laughs> I'm not a very good patient. Um, he would agree with that. He gets mad because I don't tell him when something's popping up. He'll like, how long have you had that? And I'm like, oh, I don't know, a month. Um, but it is It is actually really nice. Yeah. So I just need to follow the instructions better. But he is good at taking a look at it and telling yeah. me what exercises I want to do. I don't really ever want to hear today. He's like, I think maybe you should take off tomorrow. And I'm like, oh, no, I think it's fine. Yeah. I'll get through it. It'll yes. be okay. Yeah. How did the uh, how did the race go for you on Sunday? How did the halfsy go? Oh, it went good. Yeah. Um, so I asked my coach if I could race it or should I go easy? What should I do? And she's like, it's up to you, which that's a bad idea <laughs> just to tell me it's up to me because I'm like, well, then I'm going to race it. If I show up at any race, even if I'm not in shape, I'm going to race it. And so went out nice and hard, felt good, uh, got to about nine, mile nine and it started to yeah. started to kind of hurt a little bit. So kind of, but I PR'd. So 127.12. So almost got in 126. Nice. Um, so it's only my third time to break 130 mm-hmm. and a half. So we're working on faster times. And it seems like you've been on a nice stretch lately with the PRs. Yeah, it has been. That's yeah. good. I'm waiting for it. Well, I'm hoping it doesn't stop, but <laughs> right now it just keeps, we keep plugging off, off time. Yeah, for sure. Let's go back to the beginning. Uh, why did you start running in the first place and when does that begin? Because I, I, I found on, you know, one of those results websites, Trek or whatever it was, it, I found a race from you all the way back in 2005. So I was like, I can find a race in 2005 and it looked like you were doing the Lincoln half every year or so for a few years. Does it go back further than that for you? Um, well, I've always loved to run, even as a little girl, but mm-hmm. grew up in a small town where, you know, you just kind of have the main sport. So it wasn't like we had track clubs or anything. If that would have been, oh, yeah, I would have. I would have been all over that. But um, so mainly the running probably started when I was like in high school. Yeah. Um, we did cross country. It was the first year my school had cross country. And so we're all newbies learning how to do it. Um, and I got ninth on the first cross meet or cross country meet as this tiny little freshman and I'm like oh I like this and I'm competitive and um just fell in love with it then so uh did cross country also did basketball and track when you go to a small school you do everything yeah sure sure so um 
And then I did not run in college. Uh, there's kind of a story behind where I was going into the Navy um, as a senior in high school. And then I ended up getting a medical discharge for kidney stones before I went. So, oh, no. Um, so I didn't run for college. So I kind of just had this like gap, um, but ended up getting married and then doing school and then kids. And so, no, you probably don't see anything unless you would have known my maiden name. Yeah, oh, yeah. OK. And so let's go back. Um, you mentioned that you, you know, your school didn't have it. And then suddenly it did. You, you're falling in love with it. Are you falling in love with it? And I love asking this question of people because you're successful, because you're having that early success or because you're liking running. Like, what was the balance, do you think? Uh-huh. I think I love running yeah. and I'm competitive. So of it really course, was fitting perfectly for yes, you. Yes. When you do well, when you're younger, you know, I mean, we ran the presidentials and it was always the goal to beat all the boys. And, you know, you're kind of known as that like fast girl, even mm-hmm. when you're little. So it's part success, part competitive. But I truly actually love to run. Yeah. So what happened then as you, you start a family? What What is running's relationship or what is your relationship with running like at that point in your life? Um, like I got married very young, so I was 20 years old and we were both going through school. He was in PT school. I was in radiation therapy school and I would do the typical like, yeah, cause running is a part of me. But like you said, I think 2004, I would always run the, um, the Nebraska or not Nebraska, the Lincoln. Mm-hmm. And at that time, you know, you always had to sign up on December 31st. Yes. Cause it would sell out. Yes. At midnight, you know, and the computers are crashing and everyone's trying to get on. And now I look at that and I'm like, it's so comical. We were all like getting on this. And you know, now I don't even think they sell out just cause there's so many races now. But so I would do that every year and literally start training January 1st. Um, and training that's in air quotes everyone uh-huh. <laughs> um would be you know go out and jog a little bit probably find some hal higdon and maybe do the long runs and some short ones yeah. so i would go out and run and do that and run typically anywhere between like a 145 to 155 and would feel good you know like hey that was a good run mm-hmm. terribly sore afterwards yep. because you're 100 out of shape <laughs> you should not be doing these races and then i always think oh i'm gonna stay and i'm gonna run and i'm gonna do this and every year i'd fall off the bandwagon and then come December I'd sign up for another race and it was the exact same thing so you can see all those years it's very similar it's so funny you say that because I'm I'm trying not to find what I did in my my early races it's essentially the same where it's like you know in between 145 and 155 and sometimes better closer to 145 sometimes closer to 155 Mm -hmm. and after every race I would stop and so I would just take time off. And like the one time that I actually kept going, that was when I saw some of my biggest gains. And then I still stopped. Like, I remember after I completed my first marathon, it just I was like, I am done now. I'm totally done with you and I'm not going to run anymore. And it's like, of course, then every training block is going to feel like it's impossible. Every race is going to feel like it's really difficult. And your times are you're not going to see a whole lot of difference in what you were able to do year over year over year. Right. And I think that, you know, I mean, it was just kind of the goal to run one. So mm-hmm. I didn't even have like lots of races. Like when you asked me to do this, I'm like, I need to like look back at my history. And as most of us are very nerds, we're runners, you know, we write everything down. Yep. And um, I was like looking at the times and I'm like, it's embarrassing, but I'll say like my 5K, 10K, half marathon and marathon are so similar in their pace because I haven't done a lot of 5Ks or even the half marathons. I wasn't really training. It was more just like, hey, go out there um, and and do it. But yes, mm-hmm. I definitely would fall off the bandwagon. I'd go and run here and there, but I wasn't yeah. really doing any more racing than just that half. Um, so I did that for 
well, however many years it was, four or five. And then I had gotten pregnant with our first child, which I actually ended up miscarrying and I was running during it. And mm. so then I decided, well, I was kind of like, oh, I'm not running. Yeah. I am done running while we're having kids. Because, of course, I i mean, I did. I kind of blamed myself. I remember running on the treadmill and then I was like, OK, you know, this is why you don't run. Um, so then I got pregnant with our first son in 2007. And so I didn't run at all. Like I didn't so run in 2007. The, the whole pregnancy block off. Yeah, I did not run a mile workout or whatever. Cause I was just so fearful that yeah. it was my fault. So, and it, I mean, it was fine. I mean, it wasn't like I was doing it that much that you missed it that much. So I had him and then, so he was born in 2008 and then I had, then I got pregnant in 2009 while I hadn't been running. We had our next son in 2010. And then after that, I'm like, I need to get back into running. Um, so I kind of got into the cycle of, oh, maybe I'll do the half marathon again. Uh-huh. Or And I kind of switched over a little bit to the good life havesy. So you probably see a few of those in there um, where the transition with like kind of where they were at with kids, it was easier to do the good life havesy. That was a fun one. So I kind of switched over to do that. So um with him, no, I didn't do that one. I did do the marath- the the Lincoln one with him, mm-hmm. um, but he was only like seven months old, you know. So it was kind of that, like getting back out there again. Mm-hmm. Did not do a lot of training, uh-huh. um, but I always loved it. And yeah. you know, you go and do it, and so it's always been like a part of me, whether I was doing it at a high level or just that once a year, and then fall off the bandwagon. Um, and then, so I have four kids total. Okay, I was gonna. I thought that you had four, and so I didn't. I was like, does she have four? I couldn't remember exactly. Yeah, so I do have four kids, so the two boys, and then Caitlin came along in 2013, um, and then I did one after her, a half marathon, and then I had Madison a couple years later, and the same thing did one. A couple, you know, a couple uh-huh. races after her. So primarily, though, I feel like people that have little kids, it is very hard to train. Yes. Um, I don't have there. kids. I can't imagine trying to balance running 70 miles in a week with also having children. Yeah. And like the, the idea of and I guess let me ask you about this. The idea of like guilt for going out for a run and, and leaving your partner behind to take like, hey, I got 20 miles to do on a Saturday. Now your kids are older now. Um, what has that balance been like for you and your husband throughout uh-huh. this this time? Especially lately as you've been really going after some big time races and stuff. Trying to. I'm kind of a low mileage runner. We can unpack that. But um Jacob is great. He's very supportive of it. He knows that it's kind of like my me time and that's what I need. Uh, But I honestly probably would have not done this if my kids were little. I would have terrible mom guilt. Like I work full time. I would go to work. I'm not going to have someone else watch you while I'm working out. I'm going to be the mom, you know, all of that stuff. So I really didn't do it. So people that are doing it while their kids are little, I'm like, that's great that they could. I kind of wish like, oh, if I would have maybe done that. But I mean, I don't miss the time that I spent with them. Sure. But I don't know if I could have done it when they were little. Now mine are old enough. Like you can go for a run and if they wake up, it's okay. They're going to be fine. So yeah. What would you say is the biggest difference between yourself now and chasing after these goals and that time period before you had children and it was train for a race, run the race, fall off, and then repeat the cycle after, like, because you mentioned also that you were a competitive uh, girl growing up. So I wonder how that kind of balanced with the the you know race and then fall off, race and fall off versus what you're able to do now. What's mm-hmm. different about you now versus then? Do you think? Um, I don't know. I mean, I, th- running has really brought a part of like dreaming again. Mm. So 
you know, in high school, I, I was very successful, made it to state and all these things. But there were some different disappointments along the way that kind of like shut down your dreaming mechanism. Um, and in 2019, that kind of came back and um, just working through some different stuff with the healing process. I had a friend that was like, hey, you want to run a marathon? And I'm like, oh, sure, whatever. I, I'll run the link in half. I borrowed my sister's bib. I don't know. And that's so bad. Um, <laughs> she was pregnant. And I was like, sure, I'll run your bib. My friend wants to run. And, you know, I'm completely out of shape. And then she afterwards, she said, do you want to run a marathon? And I'm like, fine, whatever. I'll run a marathon with you. And after we would, we had like our little Bible study where we're doing some healing stuff, we would go to the track at 9 p.m. and mm -hmm. run our track workout. Mm -hmm. So at this time, I am doing a three-day workout, one tempo, one speed, and one long run. Okay. No strength, no anything. Yep, yep. Um, and we go to the track, and she's like, I think you could be cute. And I was like, what? I'm like, I don't even know, like what that is and how fast that is. <laughs> can you define and, BQ for me, please? Yeah, but she's like, I really think you can. And so that was like that first part of like dreaming, but it was more of just like a dreaming kind of in your mental and like, okay, I'm going to do this. I'm going to put myself out there, which I was not really putting out myself out there that hard. We are training three days a week. Mm -hmm. We peaked at 30 miles. You know, typically it was like 20 to 25 miles a week. It's amazing I didn't hurt myself. Um, and I also used the run walk method. Um, I know people are always very shocked when I say this. I think my coach, she dies laughing when she like, she's like, I can't believe you used that method. But so I used trained three days a week mm -hmm. and then I ran a mile and walked 30 seconds. So that is how I went into the, my very first marathon, which was uh, Nebraska state fair in Grand Island. Okay. So it was not a hot day, which that one's kind of tricky. Sometimes uh -huh. you can get hot weather, but it was like a thunderstorm, and I stuck to my run-walk method. I'd During the race? Oh, yeah. Oh, wow. I did that at the mile, and people would be like, are you okay? And I'm like, yes. <laughs> I'm just doing the Galloway run-walk method, you know, trying to explain to people so they want yeah. to see if you're doing okay. Yeah. And I be cute. And <laughs> That's incredible. What was your time? Uh, 320, uh, 329. I had like a six minute, six minute BQ. So three twenty nine fifty two. Oh my gosh! And you're so every mile you're walking for half a half a minute. Is that yep. what it was? Yeah. And then oh once your gosh. thirty seconds was up, then you, you ran another you... full mile. Then you did thirty seconds. Wow. So yeah, so I was very stuck on this. I'm like, this works, you guys. Yeah, this works. Yeah. And it, I mean, it did. It did work for you. Yeah. Um, so I was obviously very stuck in that training where I'm like, Hey, mm -hmm. if I can get a BQ in this and I had like researched the crap out of it, yeah, people yeah. ran like a 245 using this and, wow. um, you'd have to be really fast. Yes. So yes, you would. If you want to improve, I don't recommend uh -huh. it. <laughs> um, looking back. And then I was always introduced as the girl that like, did you know she did a run walk method and she BQ? <laughs> it um, is a fun part of your story though, that you were able to, to do that. Cause I was going to ask you like, at what point does, does, starting to do this more seriously, enter the picture. And so you mentioned those track workouts, and it seems like this is this is 2019, right? Mm -hmm. It seems like 2019 is when that is starting to happen for you. For for You mentioned the healing component and your friend. So it seems like just kind of right place, right time, I guess, in your life for, for you to, to right. start doing this stuff mm -hmm. for you. Interesting. Yeah, I mean, it definitely started at 2019. And, mm -hmm. you know, I ran that first marathon you get a BQ and I'm like, I'm hooked. Yeah. I mean, I'm, I'm like, I'm like back. I'm already thinking, okay, I'm going to, I want to run a marathon in every state, uh -huh, yep, uh, you yep, know, yep. like listing all these big ambitions um, that I want to do. And I love track workouts. Like I remember grinding those 
and doing the ladders and, you know, you're practically throwing up and like, I like that stuff. So I, I love that pushing and, and working hard. So yes, so it did start in 2019 and like it hasn't gone out. I didn't fall off the bandwagon because I knew I was going to go to Boston because uh-huh. that was right at the end of where you could apply. So uh-huh. it was pretty much the next few weeks. And then I was like, oh, I hope my five minutes or my six minutes. And no, it was six minutes. It was 328. So it was six minutes and nine seconds. And I was like, I really hope this holds. I have no idea. I don't know what's going on. I uh-huh. thought maybe I'd have a lot. So of course, got I was going to say, yeah. And then that, so that leads into 2020 though. And yes. now, so did you get to, since, since you qualified for the 2020 race and there wasn't that crazy buffer and then obviously it got canceled, were you still then able to run in 2021, even though that one had like the massive, like nine minute buffer or whatever, were you able um, to run it then? Um, I, I had some other lower times, so I would have been able to, okay. but I actually chose, like, I did not want to run it until it was a true Boston. So you did it 2022 then? Yes. Okay. Yeah. That, that I, I wanted it to be the full crowd. Yes. You want to be able to. Same time of year. Yes. And so I'd said, I want to experience Boston. So how you really experience it. I just didn't want to just do it to do it. Yeah. Uh, so when it came out that they weren't going to have it, you know, I mean, you're just like so devastated and disappointment and like it revisited disappointments in high school where I'd collapsed on a track going, getting ready to go to state and I didn't qualify. And it was, I'm a senior and you know, those different things, but like God is so sweet and things. He like brought a lot of things full circle, you know? So it's like, you have this disappointment, but like there's so much, all of this awesome stuff. So I said, I'm going to run this marathon. You know, I don't care. I ran it on the day. I coursed it out you by my virtual, family. You did a virtual Boston. Yes, by myself. Very cool. And my husband was so great. He had the kids make signs, and he took them around. Oh. And the four of them, I'm sure they were bored out of their mind. And like, <laughs> where is she? And I mean, they still remember to this day. And then, like, our life group lined up on our street to, like, have me finish. And so it was, like, really cool because you do all this work. Yes. and. I, I am. I'm still running well, this. Not to mention, so when when you find out it's canceled, you are way deep into your training. Whereas, oh, yeah. so I had signed up. I, I love telling the story. I signed up for the Twin Cities Marathon, and then three days later, that was when like everything changed. Uh, when Rudy Gobert was rubbing microphones, and so I knew pretty quickly like this is probably going to get canceled. And so by the time that June rolls around, I mean I've known for months, and I had this decision to make: do I want to train for something that I would run by myself uh, or just not? And I decided to. And I'm always really happy I did for a, a ton of reasons. But one of my favorite parts is my now wife um, at the time, she made this this medal because she didn't realize we were going to get medals that the Twin Cities. So we ended up, you know, we got our this race packet and it had the, the usual swag and stuff and it had medals. Well, she made these these wooden medals that said COVID-19 plus 7.2 Twin Cities Virtual Marathon or whatever. Oh, and so I she love made, that. She made it for myself, my best friend. We both had signed up for the race. So we ran it. She crewed it. My parents crewed it. Uh, my friend's wife crewed it. His kids were... I mean, it was just... It was incredible. And it's one of those moments that I will... I, I, I look at that medal. It's in my office. I see it every day. You know, and it's like that one holds such a special place in my heart. But I, uh, going back to you... I had months to kind of deal with it. You had this very quick decision of like, do I want to run in my neighborhood or do I want to run on my trail? And I love that you decided to because that's a moment that you're never going to forget. Yeah, yeah, it is. I mean, I was just like, I'm not putting this to waste. And I I mean, of course, like I like cried. And, you know, at first, though, because this was COVID was obviously very new. Oh, yeah. So I kept thinking, oh, no. 
this isn't going to happen. You know, I mean, I was still very hopeful, thinking it's not going to get canceled. It's not going to get canceled. But then when it started hitting the fan, you knew, like, <laughs> oh, okay, this is like a reality. It is going to be canceled. So I, I said, oh, well, I'm just still going to run it. I'm going to do my own virtual. That was before they had decided to even... Like, oh, we're going to run it in the fall. And then after the fall was canceled, then they made it virtual. So there was just a lot of changes. Uh-huh. Uh, so I didn't end up running a second virtual. And you did that one? Um, on the dates that they had, so the, the 2020. Okay, wow. So let me ask you this. Going back to the run-walk method, you you run your first marathon. You qualify for Boston. Um, is your reaction when you leave that, as you're telling people how you're doing it, is it to, I got, I'm going to keep doing it this way because it's obviously working? Or is there a part of you that's like, okay, if I'm able to do this and I'm walking, what's going to happen if I'm able to figure out how to take it to the next level? What was that moment of decision like for you? And I guess how soon did it come? Okay. Well, this is a perfect segue because we've already talked about the two marathons, the first two. Uh, so we had Nebraska and then uh, Virtual Boston 1. So mm-hmm. Virtual Boston 2. Oh, no, I am stuck on this run-walk method. Okay. I am selling it like it's hot. <laughs> if anybody wants to BQ, I'm like, I'm telling you, you got to try this. It works. You're going to um, become an author. Here's my book. Yes, I was pro run-walk. Um, so my current coach, who wasn't my coach, but uh, Liz, she's a physical therapist, and she actually works with my husband. Okay. Um, you should get her on here someday. Yeah. Um, but she's she's great. So um, they'd kind of connected and knew that I ran and stuff, and so we'd kind of become friends a little bit and ran here and there. And she's like, well, I'll run some of your virtual two with you. And she had asked Christy, who's her coach. And Christy Nielsen? Yes, Christy guest, Nielsen. A former guest on this yes. podcast. Yep, yep. So, and Christy's like, well, you can run the whole thing if you want. I mean, like, she was in shape for it, and, and she's fast. And she was telling me before, because, you know, here I'm doing this run-walk method. And she's like, I really don't think you need to walk. Mm. And I'm like, oh, no, I need to walk. I was just so fearful of hitting this wall. And she's like, I mean, I really don't think you do. So that morning of, you know, where we met um, in which park, Huntington Park, uh, where we were going to start and finish, I like made the decision right then and there. I'm like, what do I got to lose? This is a virtual run. I will. I'm going to run it. I'm going to run it. And if I die, I die. (laughs) Uh, But it was one of those. It was great. I felt great. And she I just kept wanting to go faster. She kind of had to pull me back and I ended up running a 323. So you set a new PR. Um, yes. Which it's when you run your own virtual, you oh, can yeah. stop right at the 26.2. Uh, <laughs> yep, yep. You don't look at your watch at the end and it says 26.48 or something. Yes. Yeah. So I'm like, that always does help. But I I walked away from there. Well, first when we were running, I said, okay, if I can finish this and I do well and without this walking, I'm hiring her. So after that, I had asked her if she, I mean, she had talked about you know, coaching me in the past, but I'm like, yes, I want you to coach me. That is perfect. And Cause I wanted to ask you about her. This is Liz, Liz Alderson, correct? Yep. Liz Alderson. Uh, so, so I assume you hire her then like on the spot after, after that virtual. Yep. What has she meant for your running journey over the last couple of oh, years? My goodness. I mean, there really are no words. Even my husband will say, Liz has done so much for you. So she's so good at, she's very good at like work-life balance because I am am a lower mileage runner. Mm -hmm. Like I'm not, I would love, I'm like sometimes jealous of you guys that are doing 70, but I'm like, I don't know how I would do that. I've got four kids, million activities, full-time job, like kind of would stress me out. But she's very good at like pushing you in your speed and giving you stuff that you don't really think you can do, but then you can do it and you feel good. And she just... 
I mean, she's smart. Mm-hmm. She she's a good runner herself. Um, but she believes she believes in me. Like she knows I can do these things. Like when I'll ask them, like, do you think I can break one thirty? You know, and all those things. She's like, yeah. You know, the training supports it. Took me a while. I mean, Chicago was finally where I be- actually believed it in my heart. But like, she's just. She knows it's in there, and so she's helping pull it out. And the accountability yeah. um, of knowing what the work workouts are just takes it out of out of your your guesswork. And you're not doing just a Hal Higdon plan, or I was big into like a Nike plan where I'd pull the speed from there and uh-huh. just make up my own thing. So she's she's been pivotal. What what is more valuable for you with her? Is it the plans and that she can kind of tinker depending on how things are going or is it like the emotional support and and the belief system that she has in you? Which which mm-hmm. I mean, I know the answer is obviously both, but is there something that you're like that's the reason that I have her as a coach? Yeah, I think she plays it more by ear. I mean, the belief in me has always been there and I think like she's it's been good to pull that out, but I mean her her planning is is very great. I was not used to uh just getting my workouts on the weekend and knowing what it was going for the next week. You know, when you have your plans, you got 18. I was going to say, it's all laid out weeks. for you. Yes. And so like that was like that lack of control was kind of a little hard for me at first. Where <laughs> I, I'm just like, uh, I need to like know what we're doing. Can we just talk like about two weeks at least in advance? Yes. Yeah. But now I've gotten to it where I love it. I'm like, oh, I don't know what I'll be doing, but it'll be great. And then I plug into my life where if I need to get up at 4 a.m. or if I need to do a late run. Um, and she's really, she understands the flexibility. Um, yeah, I don't know. There's just, I love like everything about the relationship I have with her. I mean, she's not just my coach, but she's become a good friend. That's awesome. What what, what type of mileage are you doing? You've mentioned it now a few times tonight that you were, you're a lower mileage runner compared to, to some of us in the AAC around here in Omaha. What, what are you doing? Um, and I guess, how does that differ compared to what you've done in the past? Uh, so when I say like lower mileage, I only run four days a week. Typically, wow. um, the plans that she gives me I'll have. So I cycle one day. Um, I do a cycling class and she like kills you. So it's, it's like. Uh, <laughs> I hate cycling. Yeah, I know. I keep convincing my husband to come. He has come a couple of times, but it's hard. It's, <laughs> it's a really good workout. So it probably correlates to some part of the running. And then I typically have a couple easier days and then one speed day. And then usually a long run with a speed workout in the middle of oh, it. Oh, wow. In most of your long runs? Yes. The speed? Oh, interesting. Uh-huh. And interesting. I like that. Yeah. Uh, it really kind of mixes it up. Sometimes she'll have, you know, mile repeats or something like that. Uh, so typically, probably when you're getting, working up to your mileage, you're doing anywhere between like 30-ish to 40. And then I might peak at 60. I had plantar fasciitis. Ugh. Uh, for one cycle and you know we really didn't get she's just very good at like it's not worth injuring yourself let's kind of play it more on the safe side when I probably would want to push more Um, she's really good at that but I mean yeah only four days I'm like I told her this last cycle because I'm really hungry to that's so three. Yes. Uh, actually, now I want 255. So I think once you get that, you just want more and more and more. But I told her, I said, so what do you think about like adding more runs or like a double? <laughs> um, you know, and now that I've met some of you guys, I'm like, I want to be running 70 miles a week. <laughs> um, I don't know if I could quite handle that. But um, I mean, I'm not the youngest chick out there either. <laughs> I am 40. Uh, 
So just busy, but so only the four days. And then usually I do two rest days. I tried to get into lifting, Uh um, which is very helpful. And my husband is big into lifting. So he's always, you need more of this and you need to go stronger. And um, which he is correct. So my wife was saying that for years and I finally started lifting a year ago and she was very happy. And then I noticed I noticed like a confidence in my legs after a few months, like I, I remember going for a run and it was a workout and I was like, wow, I can feel that I'm stronger mm-hmm. right now. And that was a pretty cool feeling to have. Yeah. And it's so easy to let it slip, though. Like I start out really good. Yes. And then as you get into your training and you get higher mileage and this and I then I. It. Yeah. And that's why I have the hip issues now, mm-hmm. because it's like I kind of got out of the weight room. So that I've added in, um, which is helpful. So I'm try to be more of a well-rounded versus like I'm just going to nail out 70 miles and I added that cycling class in I can't remember which cycle it was between some of the marathons where we were just cycling during kind of recovery and I had told Liz I'm like I actually really like this I want to keep it mm. in so then we just I've always kept in one day of cycling so you hire her in 2020 um, what is it like to hire a coach and now you are, as you said, you're not getting a full 18-week plan. So it's you're going week to week. Um, you're probably thinking, I know my body better than you do. Like, what are you sure that I should be doing this? What's it like diving into the deep end on something like that? As I assume that this is the moment in your, your running career where you really do start dreaming about some of those big, big, perhaps time goals more so than obviously qualifying for Boston. Yeah, I mean, I don't think I gave her control right away because, <laughs> um, I mean, you're just always like, sure, and kind of questioning, you know, and, and those kind of things. I mean, it, it's more of, you know, I had to grow into trusting her. Um, so when I first hired her, I did run a marathon another month later. In uh, 2020? Yes. <laughs> out of, I assume out of state or was there? No, it was the Nebraska one. Was that the uh, one that was like a little too long? Was, yes, it uh, was slightly too long. Yes. I recorded an interview um, with a guest that as the time that you and I are recording it hasn't aired yet. But yes, he thought he was going to get his BQ and he did not because it was too long that day. Yeah, it was almost 20. I think I had 28. Oh my gosh. Or not 28. It was like 27 something. But I actually wanted to get another. I was nervous. That I that my twenty eight would not hold. Uh-huh. I had no idea what I was doing, and so I was like, I told her, I was like, I need another race just in case to secure this time. And she's like, Well, you're just coming a month off. She's like, Let's just see how it goes. It was hot, windy, yeah, but I was able to get a minute faster than because you can't submit virtual times. So uh-huh. I only had the one marathon, and so I I got it again. But even it was, though it was two miles longer, almost, yeah. So I got a one twenty seven. I'm like, Well, it's one minute faster. So that ought to get me in. <laughs> uh, so, yeah, so I had that. So that first cycle, we just kind of kind of relaxed. But then the goal was Boston would be Boston would be 2020. Or wait, 2020. And then they. Oh, yeah. Then we were just then we were just training. So I'd signed up for Mesa. OK. Mesa in 2021. And when was that going to be? That was going to be February of 2021. Uh, so you're pretty much starting your plan then. You know, or I guess you're kind of more, I guess, what is it like? Is it, you don't have an 18 week plan. So I guess it's a combination of like base building with her and trying to figure out what's going on there. And, and then she's handing you workouts and whatnot. Yeah. I, we, since I kind of started her like in the midst of all these races, it was kind of <laughs> like, well, we'll just, let's see how it goes. But she was giving me workouts. So I do feel like for Mesa, which it was still all during the COVID ended up getting canceled. And then I found a, found a race that was open in Florida. So I switched over to that, but 
Um, the first cycle, I mean, it was very good. I think she got me, I actually put notes, I should have brought them here. Um, she had me peaking at like 45 miles, which was pretty good compared to what you 30 yeah, miles. Yeah, for sure. Um, so I was feeling really good about going into to Mesa and... But then they canceled that like one month before. And I was like, I am not running another (laughs) virtual. And so I quickly got on the computer and I found one at Fort Lauderdale, Florida. And when was that one going to be? That one was going to be the same time. So that went well. It was a little bit later. It was February 14th. It was Valentine's Day. Okay. And they were actually running this. And I'm like, I'm signing up for this. So freaking hot. Oh, I bet. Terrible. I... Didn't really have any nutrition on board. Here's your two gels. Uh, so there was a lot of things that went wrong. Hit terrible wall and cramps at mile 16. That was like a 338. I was so embarrassed. It was so hard. So that was my first race like under her, but it was very good learning experience. I was going to say, there's a lot to take away, though, from your first. I have to imagine this was the first time you left a race like truly disappointed. Right. At, from the at least in the marathons that you had run so far in your life. Yeah. Since it was so hard, like so hot, it was about yeah. 90 degrees. Oh, my gosh. Um, even the locals were like, it's never been this hot. <laughs> you guys are all going to die. And I'm like, oh, you know, you're soaked in sweat. So yeah. I started. I'm like, I'm going to my goal was to run a, a 320 there. Uh-huh. I was like, I think I can run faster. But. I mean, very underprepared on on the weather. But I really wasn't disappointed. I was really proud of myself for finishing because once 16 miles hit, I resorted to the run-walk method. It hurt to run. It hurt to walk. You didn't know, like, (laughs) oh, it just hurt so bad. I was so sodium depleted. I was peeing clear. But so I had no (laughs) sodium. It was so it was just it was just terrible. I've never hurt that bad in my life until after I ran Boston. But um yeah, it, but it was a good learning experience. So I really wasn't, I would say, per se, like disappointed in that one, even though the time was like, oh, my gosh, yeah. it's kind of embarrassing. Um, what do you think your your biggest learning experience was? Like when you look back on that, you're like, I'm happy that I learned blank in that race. Is there one thing in particular? Uh, probably definitely nutrition and yeah. sodium. Because mm. uh, kind of learn like you, you probably need to start looking into a few of these things. You can't just kind of go out with this race. I mean, I probably really only had two gels. And, you know, you just don't know those yeah. things. Oh, I remember being the same way. You know, I remember my dad saying that for, before I trained for my first marathon. Hey, have you practiced fueling? I'm like, what? Yeah. <laughs> no, I, I don't need it. That's what I th- I don't need it. Do you bring water with you? No, I don't. You know, not right. If it's if it's 20 miles, I will. And he's like, you need to not do that. You need to bring water. You need to, you know, figure out the goose situation. And you and, need you know, to listen. And <laughs> need to listen. As always, uh, mom and dad are always right. So you finish this race. I don't remember the timeline of them announcing Boston that it was going to be in the fall of 2021. But at what point, I guess, do you decide fully? I'm not going to do it then. I'm going to wait for 2022. And what did that mean for you for the rest of 2021? So the rest of 21. So I kind of knew right away. Okay. Like once they were saying they were going to do the fall, I was just like, I I really, I don't know. COVID. You want to get the yeah. full... Boston I didn't experience. want the COVID version. Yes. I, I didn't want to be in mass. I didn't want everything to be where you couldn't like do the expo, do. I, I truly just wanted to experience it. Like I didn't want a COVID Boston. I wanted it. I wanted the Boston Boston. Yeah. So like I had, I didn't really have a hard time deciding to do that. So then I was like, well, I'll pick those other ones. And then I had picked the Mesa, which turned into Florida. Um and did did that. So then I knew, well, then you're going to be applying 
Um, at some point at the end of 2021, around September. Yes, and so I had a Chicago time from my first marathon. I was able to get into Chicago because I think I had to have a 3.30. And mm-hmm. so I was like, well, I might as well use this Chicago time to run Chicago. So I had, was going to run Chicago. So at this point, has name of the podcast, has chasing three hours entered the picture for you at this moment in your running career in 2021? I've always said like, oh, well, I've never believed it. I've always thought, oh, man, I would love to be one of those runners that can break three. And so like it's always been in the back of my mind, like oh, I want to break it. But I don't think I've ever truly believed it because 30 minutes is a lot. And as you know, once you start getting down to the fast times, it's not like you run a five hour marathon and you can cut off 20 minutes. Like once you start getting on the faster side, five minutes is huge. You don't just cut off. 20 minute chunks and 30 minute chunks. So I've I've kind of like wanted it, but I don't know if I truly thought you could do this. So what was your goal then going into Chicago that year? So that year, um, I mean, we're still coming off of COVID. So, you know, we all had to be like tested and I was very sick a couple of weeks before and I was convinced I'm like, I'm going to have COVID and I'm not going to run this. So I'd kind of like grieved the fact that I'm not going to run this. Yeah. And I ran um, three miles for three weeks before that race. And I was like, I'm just happy to get there. Yeah. Um, Took the test and talked to my doctors. And they're like, you really are fine. Whatever you have going on, it's just the way your body is. You're not contagious. You don't have COVID. Get some ibuprofen and go run. I'm like, okay, that's what I'll do. Um, so we went to leave for that. And this story is just crazy, too. So we went to the airport. And as we were walking in, the flight got canceled. <laughs> that was when a lot of people couldn't get to. That was when they went on strike. So that was. Oh, yes, yes, yes. So a lot of people didn't get to run Boston either. You know, I remember people, there was a couple you could tell they were going to Boston and they're like crying, you know. And my husband looks at me and he's like, let's look at the time. We could maybe drive there. Yeah. And so we quickly get in his truck. You know, we have no gas. No, we're not ready to take this road trip. But we ended up doing a road trip. And I'm like frantically looking at the time. Are we going to get to the expo? And we got there 30 minutes before we're supposed to close. (laughs) And we drove like 90 miles an hour. Um, But we made it. And my mom kept saying, I wonder if you're not supposed to run this. You've gotten sick. Your flight's I'm like, I am running this thing. And I get there, but I'm just so grateful to be there. So I was at the start line and like, I really didn't have an expectation, but I was like, I am just, just beyond grateful that I was here running this race. But I see the 315 pacers, which happened to be Eddie. Um, He does a lot of pacing in Nebraska. I don't know if you know him, but Uh -uh. he's amazing. Um, But I looked at that 315 and I was like, you know what? I think I'm going to shoot for that. So I stuck to those pacers. Like the first half, I kind of ran a little slower because I didn't know how my body was going to do. And then at half, I saw them and I was like a leech on them. And I ran a 315. Oh my God. So I was super excited about that. Like that felt like, okay, you're coming off of sickness. You had all this stuff, but you still were able to do that. So that just feeds the fire more. And that you get to the starting line and it seems like your feeling was more just grateful to be at the starting line. And so not only are you just happy to run the race, but then you end up running another PR. Yes. And you chop off. So what was that? Another eight minutes that you Um, chopped off for that one? You went from a 323 to a 315? Wow. 
And so you say the fire is is, is obvious. It just is, it continues to burn. Yes. So I imagine at this point, just knowing the calendar of everything, you have applied for Boston. You will then learn shortly thereafter that you are going into Boston in 2022. So as you finish up 21, as you get into 2022, as you're talking to your coach, Liz, what are those conversations like? Because, you know, and I always tell people this, and now I'm not running Boston next year, so I'll have to just push it back another year. I think the goal everyone has is this is going to be the best training of my life. I want to run Boston. I want to race Boston. I want to put another PR together. I want to beat the Newton Hills. Were those feelings in your mind? And and thus, how do you then approach that training? Absolutely. Uh, I'm very competitive. (laughs) And as a runner, you would know, like, we want a freaking PR every time we run. Yep. Um, Even though, like, that's not realistic. And you really should, like, average out your best times and not have such high expectations. But yes, I wanted to (laughs) PR. Um, Since Boston is obviously harder than Chicago, I was, like, really thinking, well, let's try, you know, let's just try to PR, whatever that would look like. Um, Winter training is hard. Mm -hmm. Um, And as we know, I fell off the bandwagon years before this. So this is not normal for me to try to train in the winter. So it was hard, but I did it. I wish I would have done more downhill training like that. was. So I felt really good going into it. Um, So I didn't have like an exact time. I could probably ask Liz what she was. She's always training me for a certain time. And if I would just ask her, she'd be like, oh, yeah, I'm training you for a 305 marathon. She's like, well, that's what I was training you for. And I was like, oh, okay. (laughs) Um, But so that one went really well and I got a 311. So I did have a PR in it. And you, so you chop off more. And as you said, it's a tougher course. Yeah. But the Newton Hills, like I attacked them. And then when we came downhill, I was like, I so badly want to go uphill again. I can't wait for you to experience it because I can't wait either. It is awesome. But Oh, you've got to you've got to do so much downhill training. Uh-huh. Like I'm like this this is not bad, and I was running awesome up the hills, and oh, I wanted it was a fight to finish. You know where it it was hard, and again, I really wasn't doing nutritional. I overate before the race because mm. they say it's a later race. Make sure you eat. So I probably only got about two goos in. So I still haven't nailed anything with nutrition. I have discovered that Gatorade does not settle well with my stomach. Okay, good to know for future so races. I don't do, like, I'll only do water on the course. Same. So I'm trying to figure out my electrolyte game. I need to get better at that because I feel very gassy at every race I run right now. And I don't know what, to, I'm, I'm going to just keep tinkering ahead of Eugene, but but that's what is kind of going on for Element. me. Yeah, element? Uh-huh. All right, I'll look into that. Yeah, I actually took that with a fanny pack to this last one. I know fanny packs are sexy, everyone. <laughs> um, and because I had been training with it, and I do feel so much better. And I was like, I'm just going to throw it once I have it. Uh-huh. And I was very thankful I had it. And it wasn't even that hot in Chicago. Yeah. Uh, so you qualify originally for Boston all the way back in 2019. Mm-hmm. You don't get to run it until 2022. I mean, essentially, it's two and a half years. Was that weekend everything that you hoped it would be? It was fun. I I did. My parents were able to go up, so they Very they cool. went up a couple days before, which is awesome. Because I mean, my parents have been my biggest cheerleaders through like all of my high school, and you know, have my parents know my little competitive heart and all my dreams and stuff, and. So, I mean, they weren't shocked or anything. So they were able to go up before us, and they actually mastered Boston. So they knew where to take us and all these. It was great. Um, So they were there, and my husband came up with me. We did not take our kids to their devastation. Uh, (laughs) And they still probably remind you about it. Yes, yeah. Uh, Um, But it was great. It was really fun. Um, I'm sure I will do do it again at some point. I want to experience so many other marathons. And as we all know, it's like it's pricey and all the different things. But it was fun. 
Good. Um, it was a little, little hectic. I was a little disappointed with the Athletes Village. I thought like it was always kind of hyped up more, but I think post COVID, some of that stuff changed. Uh huh. Uh huh. So, but overall, it it was a great race. All right. So not only then you've you've run Chicago, you've run Boston. So you've done two of the marathon majors, two of the three in America, and then there are three overseas. Um, is at this moment in time in 2022. How much is that on your radar of, oh, there are six of these big races and now I want to, I need to do all of them so I can get the six star medal. Is that something that you're thinking about after Boston or was that even before Boston? Oh, that's before Boston because uh-huh. we know we are getting into New York. Uh-huh. Um, I also had a qualifying time for New York. So I was like, well, I might as well run New York. I have a time. <laughs> um, so I slipped grandma's in there in the summer. And this is when Liz is kind of like. You're kind of doing a lot, you know, and she's like, okay, so you're either going to pick Boston or grandma's to PR and then run one for fun. I'm like, okay, that's fine. Well, let's just see how Boston went, which I did get a PR. And so I'm like, well, you know, we'll, we'll get back out there and, and, and try it again. And, and I got a PR at grandma's. <laughs> um, and so like, obviously this is fueling yeah. probably a little bit of a monster, uh, but I mean, I do realize like you can't do four, five marathons and expect to PR in them All every them. time. Yeah. So, um, you know, I am continued to like have that success and I'm like, this is definitely going to be the end in some time. <laughs> um, but so, are you enjoying it along that ride that like, you know, it's not always going to be this way, but like, this is really fun yes. as I continue to do so. Yeah. Are and you, s- you want to chase that, like, yes. you learn something from every race. Mm-hmm. You know, you, you take away, I, I mean, I think your toughest races are some of the best races that you you learn from. 100%. Um, and there was always just a little layer of disappointment, you know, where you saw something could have gone a little race. faster there. Yeah. yeah. And and the battle with that girl out there is it's like, slow down, no one will know, you know, just relax. It's like, no. Get in there and, you know, trying to to beat that girl that is telling you to back off a little bit. So, you're, I mean, you're always kind of battling that. So, I had New York then mm-hmm. in the fall for 2022. Before we get to New York, are you someone, when you finish a race, what, what is the balance of trying to live in the moment, enjoy the race, while also wanting to look ahead at the future? Especially as you're continuing to set new PRs. And I say this as someone who the morning after I ran a 324 in Minneapolis, I was immediately thinking of, okay, so what's next? How can I get better? And I always look back at it with so much regret, especially for that one, because the next goal for me was going to be to get closer and closer to three. Um, And that race was in terms of like how I felt the entire time, the easiest marathon, because the I mean, I, I it felt like a party for me, especially like the last half. I'm like, I'm just I had a negative split by so many minutes. And I'm always like, ah, I wish I would have enjoyed that for like maybe an extra day. What are you like after a race? Mm-hmm. Um, I would say I'm definitely like you. <laughs> uh, it, it is bad, you know, to like celebrate and enjoy your PRs. Even my kids will like I'll tell them like what place I got and where I'm at. And they're like, that's amazing. You should be. And I'm just kind of like, huh. It could have been better. Uh, yeah, they need to, like, I'm always like, well, there's someone faster. There's this or that that you could have done. So I would say I definitely tend to, like, I might enjoy it for a little bit. We'll go for dinner, have a couple of drinks. You know, I mean, like, externally it looks yep. like here. But, oh, yeah, the triggers are already going. So Chicago, the last one I ran, I this is the first time I truly actually lived in the moment and celebrated the moment. Very, very good. Very so. Good. 
Yeah. So let's uh, we'll we'll get to this recent Chicago soon. Let's go back to New York. What okay. was what was that experience like for you? Because everyone I've talked to, for the most part, like that's their favorite race. It's, it's just, New York. It's because it's my dad always loves telling the story about going over the first bridge, and he's like, you come down, and it's just so loud. And just hearing that cheer of everybody. I haven't run it yet. My goal is to, I'll, I'm, I just turned 35. I want to run it for my 40th in five years. So that's my goal. What was the, the New York 2022 experience like for you? So basically a year ago as we record this. Yeah. Um, it was like, it was a great race, but there was definitely an element, if I'm honest with, that was disappointing to me. So in right about Labor Day, I had horrible plantar fasciitis rear its ugly head you know Mm. and I'm like what is this and of course I didn't tell my husband for a couple (laughs) months and he's like we could have got on this right away and um so we had to back off training bad like I was put in the pool I was biking I mean I think for New York I may have peaked at like 25 30 miles like it was one of those that you're just like oh I want to be out there training but I know I can't and every time I would try to do any speed workouts it flare it up and then you're back on the bike and back in the pool um so I was kind of like frustrated from that whole thing and I I'm so competitive Mm -hmm. I these people god bless them that can go out and run for fun sometimes I wish I had that personality where oh I'm just gonna go run it for fun so I mean I did want it the goal now was to get there and get there healthy and be able to run it because it's I mean that was kind of the reality at the point so I really wasn't in peak shape, so yeah. I decided I am going to I'm going to run this for fun, like enjoy it, and and I I did that. Um, but the competitive girl wants to know how you could have done if you would have actually been racing. So that one I ran a 3:27, all the high fives. Like I I did. I smiled. I was getting the crowds going. Like I did totally enjoy it all. But then there's that part of me that was like, even during the race, like oh let's just see how hard. Okay, no back off. You know, it's just. That competitive pull is so strong. So I'm like, I wonder what I could do there. We got a warm day. We had the day that was. Oh, late. that's right. It was really hot last year. Yeah. And this year was really nice. It was good, good racing weather, if I remember yeah. right. Yeah. I don't mind the heat though. I am always really nervous. It's going to be too cold before a race, and I'm going to be so cold before I start. Interesting. Because I'm the exact opposite. Okay. Give me the cold. Yeah. I don't like the heat. I, I mean, I don't want to. I don't want to run a marathon in 80. But like, oh, I don't want to be so cold, and then we're freezing, and it's thirty. So I don't, I don't mind a little heat. So I was like, oh, this is fine, you know. Of course, I'm not racing it, but I didn't really even notice the heat. So I don't think it affects me quite as much mm-hmm. as as other people do. But I, I mean, I did enjoy it, and it was a lot of fun. But I feel like that part of me that didn't get to race it is that's where maybe I didn't let myself fully enjoy it. So were, did you were you able to heal after that? Then, like, what does it look like post recovery for? For New York, as you start getting ready to ramp up for 2023, since uh-huh. you had planners. Um, no, I, it, <laughs> it is a slow process, as my husband would say. These things take six to nine months, even a year. And so I'm doing all the things. He's scraping, and I'm wearing a soft brace. I actually still wear a soft brace to bed at night because I feel like if I don't, it just doesn't feel quite right. Mm. So there's still a part that's like, oh, you don't want that to come back because it is horrible. It sucks. Um, Planners is horrible. It's it's god awful. It's terrible. I can't stand it. And it's like it's not an injury, but it is an injury. And so we did a lot of like, okay, backing off, um, and then knowing. Let's see what race is what I have after that. I'm trying to think here. 
So we had New York. What year are we in? 2022. And then we get into 20. Oh, yes. So after New York, I'm always signed up for another marathon. I am definitely that person. Um, I'd signed up for Mesa. Okay. And this Um, is the one that you were going to run in 2021. So I had three years to use the, you could defer it. And I was like, well, I have to run it. You know, it's, I'm going to lose this. So I was already planning on doing that before I didn't have to do New York. So now I'm thinking, okay, how can I get this healed? And I do, I want to race. I want to run hard. I want to get a better time. So we just kind of slowly went back into it and I got it where I could run and keep it under control. But, and this is where Liz was awesome at. She knew like, I know you want more, but I'm not going to give you more because it's not worth putting your foot at where it's going to be. So we kind of did a regular training cycle, but on the lower mileage because of the plantar fasciitis. Mm. So I think I peaked at like 50 miles maybe. So we're still keeping things around the 35 to 40 miles per week. So what when, is your mindset going into that one similar to New York then and like going to have fun, going to enjoy it? Or did you go into that race, into that marathon, like uh, it's time to you know step it up and go for a PR again? Uh, training got a little bit better towards yeah. the end because my uh, foot was starting to feel better. So I was starting to feel a little bit more fitness and thinking, you know, I think you can do a 305. Well, that's what I told everyone around me. I think I can do a 305. But inside, I said, you can break three. Um, but I did not tell anyone that. The uh, secret goal. Yes. Uh, and I don't think my fitness was quite at the level of that just because I hadn't been able to train. So it was a little bit warmer day, but it was fun. It's downhill, first half, pretty steep. And then you get halfway and you're like, where's my downhill? It doesn't feel downhill anymore. Um, I think I got dehydrated a little bit at like mile, I don't know, 20. I mean, I peed blood for a few hours afterwards. So I'm like, yep, I was dehydrated. Um, and, but I was on, on track for that sub three. And so when I crossed it 305 and my friend Kim, she's like, how'd you do? Cause she could tell I was disappointed. And I was like, well, 305. And she's like, 305, that's a PR and it's awesome. And I'm like, yeah, I know. But like, I was disappointed. Um, like, I wanted to be faster than that, even though that was six minutes off of my last marathon. Um, I kind of maybe need to just be happy and enjoy those celebrations, but I do tend to always like look for the next one, look yep. for the next one. Um, I love that competitiveness, though. I, re- I mean, it's it's for me, it's inspiring. I'm sure that there are some who are listening. They're like, I'm happy that I can enjoy mine more than uh, setting a five minute, six minute PR and being sad about it. But I, I, I in Lincoln this year, that was a really warm day. And I was hoping to to add to my 259. I was hoping to get myself buffer. And of course, I actually needed that for Boston next year. And I remember leaving and my time was 303. And there was this comment on my Strava about the race. And someone was like, 303 is good. Like, enjoy this. It's really good. And I'm like, yeah, I know. But that's not what I wanted. Like, I didn't want a 303 today. I wanted a 255. I wanted a 250. Um, So I understand the exact feeling that you have. Yeah. And it's that context. You know, no one, because someone can look at a time, like you said, where you're disappointed with that 338 in Florida. I actually really wasn't. Yeah, as you talked about it. Um, But you're disappointed with a 305 at Mesa. So, I mean, that is, it, it truly is like... No one can just look at someone's time and say, oh, I bet you're happy. I want a negative split it. I want to feel good. And I want a PR. Um, you know, all those, and when all those things come together, then you're like, yes, yep. this is it. That's the race. OK, so you leave that. And that's and so we're now earlier in this year. And I have to imagine then the goal. And I don't know if this and you can tell me verbally, uh, mentally is sub three for Chicago. I assume that that is the goal. 
the, as you're as you're training for, for yes, the Chicago. So, what are those conversations like then with your coach Liz about like, okay, this is what I want to do. Uh-huh. How can we make this happen? Um, I think I don't think I quite believe that I could quite get there. So I'm just like, okay, let's you know, let's do another training cycle. Um, so I I like wanted to do that, but again, this this training cycle for Chicago because now we're at the most recent marathon had so many struggles where mm. you know that would kind of make you believe that you're not going to have it. Um, I had so many workouts, I'd go into it and I just could not finish them. Like I would just be winded, feel like I got hit by a truck. I was having a lot of shortness of breath, um, headaches, and I was just freezing. Um, it ended up, I had low ferritin of like 14. Um, and so I was like, well, at least I have an answer. And now I know like what it is. It was just like, I'd be fine in a workout and you'd go from fine to not fine. It was so frustrating. You know, you'd clip off your mile paces and the last ones I wouldn't get in. She's like, you're still getting them. You're still doing great. But I was, I was frustrated and feeling like it wasn't quite hitting. So, um, I did end up getting a blood, tra- not blood transfusion, but an iron infusion um, four or five weeks before Chicago. I decided. So early September? Yes. I decided I'm going to get it. Insurance wouldn't pay for it, but they said you could do it for out of pocket. And I'm just like, I'm so frustrated and I couldn't tolerate any of the oral medications. And I was like, I'm just going to do this. And it started to kick in about two to three weeks later. So you're getting, I'm getting a couple weeks of good training in and all of a sudden I'm like filling my fitness, not having those like dying workouts. And then something clicked in those last two weeks where you peak, where I'm like, these are, these are feeling good. Like, so I started to believe in myself a little bit during that, you know, and then you go to taper. I hate tapers. Yeah, I was going to say that sounded like the bizarro taper. If you're feeling good a week or two out from the race, because that's always when I'm just like, my, oh, I'm no. breaking down. This sorry. I should. This was like a week or two before taper. OK, no. And so, I mean, you are feeling good. And I know I do not like tapers. Yeah. I need to, like, learn to love the taper because it's part of it. Uh huh. Um, I'm injured. I'm sick. Yes. Oh, I always I get feel way, sick. I feel way too heavy right now because I'm, I'm eating the same amount as I always am, but I'm not. My mileage is suddenly yeah. going way down. Someone needs to, like, figure tell us how to embrace the taper. Every time I'm like, this is going to be a normal taper. I'm going to do taper. better this time. Uh-huh. Yeah. I think I've had one good taper where I truly enjoyed it. But yeah, see, I'm yet I'm yet to find my taper because yeah. this one I also then got very sick again. And I, my husband's like, you got to stop getting sick <laughs> before a race and um, like just congestion. And I had to get on two different antibiotics, you know, and all this different stuff where I'm like, really, I feel like I'm getting getting fit. Um, but I just feel like, OK, I, I feel like I'm there, but I didn't feel like I had the training to back up a three. Okay, so I was going to say, you get to the start line. What is your confidence level? Like, are you believing that this can be the day or is it more this can be the day if like it's just kind of perfect? Um, well, it was kind of an interesting story. I don't know how much I'll share, but okay. So on the Friday before we're leaving on Saturday, so we were taking it, we took all our kids uh-huh. and uh, the, my hubby took them all around. But on Friday, uh, my husband and I were in a counseling sh- session, working on our marriage, you know, getting better at things and something from my past with like disappointment, like broke in this session where I'm just like, I place so much emphasis on disappointment. I like don't want to be disappointed. So I don't really like let myself dream or let myself do things. So I'm just like, 
like have this moment. For one, my counselor's like, I can't believe you guys even wanted to still have this session knowing that you guys are going on a trip on Saturday. And I'm like, I thought that too, but uh, God knew better. He, he knew I needed this session. Um, my coach, who I did run this race for, uh, Coach Johnson, so he was my uh, cross-country track coach in high school. So he was just this huge impact on my life. Uh, spiritually, emotionally, and just believing in us. And he would go and run all the workouts with us too. Like he was just an awesome dude. So I was super emotional about him because he is really at end of life um, fighting cancer. And, you know, so I'm just like, I'm running this for him. And I have like all these things going on. I went back and looked at my books that I have, like with cross country and track and reliving all the good moments, but then some of the hard ones. Yeah. So that morning when we were traveling, I told my husband, I said, I actually believe I can do this. I really think I can break three. And normally I would like never tell anybody that or like put myself out there because I wouldn't want to be disappointed because it it sucks to be disappointed. So if you just say, hey, yeah, I'm going to run a three of, you know, anything. I'll be happy with anything between three and three or five. No, you won't be. Uh, so I, I did feel like I can do this and I believe in it. So I had a plan. I was going to start with the pacers, um, just run with them and, and do great. So like, I like believed it on our way up. Okay. So I was going to ask you about your plan because I was looking at your, your pace today and your, so the, the marathon, Chicago marathon on like the final time card, it gives you the 5k, the 8k, the 10k, etc. And so your, your splits for each of those was 655, 656, 655, 654, super consistent. But as someone who has chase three knows just a few seconds slower than of course the 651 ish that you, that you're going to need. Um, so what's the game plan going in? And by the time you reach that 13.1, it seems like it's going pretty, pretty well for you mm-hmm. for what you were trying to do. Yeah. So Chicago, most people will know, like your watch does not work. It does not work out there. So lap pacing and all that. So I honestly thought maybe I was going a little bit faster, but when my initial plan was to get up with the pacers, but the corral was way too packed. And I felt really mean being like, excuse me, excuse me, yep. trying to get up to the pacers. And I'm like, it's fine. I'll just catch them, you know, just start here. And, you know, you really don't know how fast you're going when your watch is not working. And I didn't lap button every mile, you know, all the things you learn. I never do that either. And I'm, I know I need to at some point, but I never have done the lap button because I'm afraid of just touch. I just, I'll figure it out. I'll figure it. I'll just do the math in my head is what yeah. I always tell myself. Well, I tried to start doing it at mile 13, and then it was telling me I'm running four-minute miles and all that. I'm like, you are so messed up. Um, So I kept, like, looking for these pacers. You know, I'm like, where are these pacers at? i got to be catching them. But they probably did start a couple minutes ahead of me, Uh and they were planning on going through at 129.30. So when I got through and I saw, oh, dang, I'm 130.25, I'm like, girl, you got to go. You can still do this. So I did pick it up at that moment. Um, and I probably could have been running faster. The first three miles, my calves were on fire. Mm. Um, where we all know there's weird things. Just keep running through. So I'm like, it's okay. It'll get better. Um, I actually had compartment syndrome in high school and had to have surgery on my calves. Oh, wow. So there's like that component to it, you know, where it's like this flashback of like, I, and I thought my compartment syndrome was coming back before Boston, um, but it was just like a fluke thing. But I'm like, what's wrong with my calves, you know? <laughs> um, but I, just run, just ignore them. And I did, and they went away. And then looking for my family, I missed them a little bit. At, they were supposed to be at 3, 5, 11, 21. I had it like written on my <laughs> arm, so I didn't forget. And... 
They didn't see me, and so I was kind of disappointed. So finally, I got to see him at 11 miles. Oh, it had to be such a big pick-me-up. It was. My youngest daughter, she has a really, like, high-pitched voice. And she's like, Mom! And she found me, and it was. It was just like, oh, it was just that amazing push. Um, But then I did. I got halfway, and I was like, oh, man, you're so close, but you're a little bit behind. So, I mean, I did pick it up because I negative Mm -hmm. split, but I probably needed to pick up a little bit more. And I kept thinking, where are these pacers? Where are these pacers? I would even, like, ask other people. I'm like, has anybody seen these these pacers? I've got to be getting close. Um, And so I knew it was close. But your watch is off. You know, it says you've gone further than you have. So, like, in my mind, I thought, yeah, I really think, like, you're going to do this, and it'll be – you actually probably have a little more time than I really, truly had. And then I was like, oh, when I got down to those last couple miles, you like you need to crank out, um, you know, a good couple miles. And you're trying to go as hard as you can. And I stopped at the, wa- the last water stop. I don't know why. I didn't need to drink a water. I should have just gone. Um, all those things that could be that hundredth of a second. Like hundredth of a second, Josh. That is like... Yeah, so for those of you who don't know, she finished in exactly three hours. It is three colon zero zero colon zero zero. And so I, I hadn't I'd never heard of you before until that and, and Derek was like, Did you see what Cassie from Omaha did? And I said, What? And sent me the thing and I'm like, Oh my gosh. And so let me ask you this. Um, earlier you you when I gave you my soliloquy of how I'm really bad about like living in the moment and enjoying a race. And you said, me too, but I have done it best for this for this race. Now, that when you said that, I was like, put a pin in that because you missed your goal by tens, hundreds of a second. Yeah. How how have you, I mean, how? How, how are you the happiest with this given that, like, you are a stop at a water station away from 259.59? Yeah. I know. It's almost, it's like reverse of, like, how I would usually be. Like, I have a goal, and I didn't meet it. But at the same time, like, I want to break this three, and I'm, like, finally let myself believe in it. And it is, like, like you can't get any closer. That's what my kids kept saying. You literally cannot. Like, they're like, well, Mom, if you don't meet your goal, like, it's best to, like, you couldn't have met your goal any closer (laughs) than not meeting your goal. And I'm like, yes. Because everybody asks, like, how do you feel about that? But honestly, I mean, I looked at my watch and I didn't know if I got it because, you know, nothing's working. And I could tell by the text that Kim sent me. She's like, keep your head up. And I was like, what did I get? And she's like, three, zero, zero, zero. And I was like, seriously? (laughs) So that just that kind of like, oh, I didn't get it. Yeah. But like, I was so happy. The race went well. And I I don't think I've ever had that like runner's high, but I had that runner's high and I was happy. And I was like, you know what? Yeah, you didn't break three, but like now I know like you can break three. And not only do I want to break three, I want to more than I don't want to just barely break three. Like it kind of showed me like you didn't get your goal, but you can get more than your goal. Uh Um, So I was I don't know. I just think like it was God's I don't know. It was a sweet way of saying like you don't got your goal, but like there's more than just this little goal. So, yeah, I was just I was so joyful I that's the word that I kept kind of like telling people like I just can't believe how much joy I have good that's good yeah for like a whole week I was just like this is amazing and yes and I didn't get my goal or I didn't get my time that like I had thrown out there Mm -hmm. and said I mean even people have known I wanted I've wanted to break 130 or not 130 uh three because before that I've only broke 130 twice in the half marathon. So I don't have a lot to back yeah. back a lot up. 
Um, so I've done that a couple of times. I'm like, okay, you know, those little things like you are capable, even though you read all of the, everything you read about breaking three, I don't qualify. I don't run 70 miles a week. I don't have a 125 half marathon, like all of these things. And I'm like, you know what though? I'm not going to listen to that stuff, even though I don't fall in that category of, yeah, don't go read how you break three because you are not doing anything it's it not, says it's to do. Not one, one size fits all. The, the year that I broke, so I broke three last year at Chicago and Earlier that year in Lincoln, I did the half and I ran it in one twenty nine, like twenty ish. That is not a recipe to break through. That was my fastest. Ha- it's it's actually still oddly enough. I was talking about with the with someone this morning. That's still my fastest half marathon. Technically, now I've run faster. One twenty nine. Yeah, inside of races, I've run faster than that. But I have not done a, a half marathon since that one a year and a half ago. And I know, I mean, like I want to do it because I want to break one twenty because like that's the goal now. And I think I I, I broke an hour or I broke a, an hour and ten miles earlier this year. So I oh, know wow. I can I know I can do it. But it's just it's really funny now that it, like if you go to my Strava and you're like looking at all these these PRs technically my half marathon PR is still 129 I think 20 okay. uh, so now as we're recording this we're we're a month out from Chicago from that happening are you still feeling like that that glow I mean you still seem like just totally jacked about it yeah I, I yes I mean probably not quite the high that it is and but I haven't resorted to disappointment good which is is really really Fun. And my son runs cross country and he's a freshman. So I feel like I've been able to connect with him with running. I, I was bet. able to like pull out all my medals and my books and show him, you know, and his uh, cross country mate, his teammate just think I'm like a goddess. It's hilarious. <laughs> I'm like, uh, you boys are faster than me. But they just think, oh, I can't believe your mom ran three hours in the marathon. And they just it's funny. But it's just been so fun to like connect with these kids and I just feel like God's given me that back as he's gotten older. I told Jacob, I said, I feel like I'm losing him. You know, like he's a boy getting into high school and kind of, but like kind of gave us that running to, to bond with. And oh, yeah. And I've just thoroughly enjoyed this cross country season of these boys. And yeah, so I do feel like joy is like, I, that's what I got out of that race. Plus, you have the fire, obviously, for what's next. And you say not just wanting to break three. So uh, you found out, and you mentioned this earlier, but you found out right before Chicago that you got accepted into the 2024 Tokyo Marathon. This is, for those who don't know, of the majors, there is... There is overseas, Berlin, Tokyo, and London. Tokyo seems to be like the hardest one to get into for, for everybody. Um, what best describes your emotions of finding out that news right before Chicago? And again, so this will be four of six, and I, I, I it's just it has to be awesome. Like you're gonna get to go to Tokyo and run this marathon. Yeah. I don't think that, that news had said had set in. So I applied for the sub elite, which you just have for women have to have a 319 and below, which is not terribly fast. And they only take 300 elites, I think, of the men and women. So I was like, well, I'm going to apply. You know, I might as well see if I can get in. Um, I have the time. Right. I'm like, okay, another one. I have the time. I'll, I'll apply. But that one, I'm like, there are so many fast runners. I was like, I don't know if I'll have a chance. So when they said, sorry, you didn't get accepted on that, I'm like, I'd kind of put Tokyo to the side. Like, I'm like, oh, well, yeah, that's not happening because I yeah. think they had 320,000 apply <laughs> for however many. <laughs> I have a take on it, but I don't know if you are in the sub elite. Do we get a better pool or are we still in the same pool? But then when I got the email and the email is so weird, they don't just put like blatantly you're accepted. You have to like read through the thing and then it then it finally says you're selected. And I'm like, oh. 
oh my goodness, I got into Tokyo and I texted my husband and he's like running around the gym at the VA screaming that I got into the VA or into the Tokyo. But like at that time, like I'm like, I am not thinking that. I just think, oh, this is great. Mm-hmm. Like I did not emotionally process that at all. So now I'm getting where, oh yeah. You're processing and, it. And everyone you talk to is like, I can't believe you got into that. I've been applying this and this. And so I think I realize it really is a big deal. Oh yeah. And the more, I mean, I should have been more excited at the time, but I don't think I had that capacity getting ready for Chicago. So I just kind of sideburned it. Uh-huh. Um, but yeah, I'm super stoked. And I asked Liz, I said, okay. Well, of course I asked her, I'm like, do you think you could train me for a 255-57? And I, she would tell me no. And she's like, yeah. And I'm like, okay, let's, let's do this. So that was going to be my next question is what are the conversations with your coach about how you want to attack this training plan at, versus what you just did in Chicago? Yeah, I mean, of course, I want her to do all the things. Let's bump up the mileage. Let's do everything. But she'll be the smart one and mm-hmm. get me to the race healthy. Now that my hips kind of slowed me down, I'm like, it's probably a good thing that I don't charge out there too fast. Uh, but yeah, she just kind of will, will take it and kind of adapt as we go. But I mean, I, she knows that that's what I want to do. And she'll work her magic. And then hopefully I can do the workouts. <laughs> Absolutely. Uh, what's your favorite part about running? Oh man, that is a hard question. You've asked that on the podcast, and I'm Ask always it of every like, guest. ah. Um, initially, I think like it is everything. I love, I love the the time and on the feet and just that that kind of me time. But like the community, like oh my goodness, the the friendships and that is what truly makes running is people that don't understand it. I'm like, there's just this huge community and some of the closest friends I've met have been through running. So I would say probably that is like definitely the relationship part of it is probably the highest. And I'm a competitive girl that loves to push herself and like, let's see what we can do between age 40 and 50. And I always say, I want to be that 90 year old with her cute little track suit on <laughs> doing, I, I'm like, I want to be that one. Uh, so I, I love that part of it. I want it to be a lifestyle, not just run some fast times and call it good. I, I do want to do it forever. Well, along those lines, I finish every podcast by asking my guest about what they're chasing. It could be a literal time goal. It could be qualifying for something, or it could just be a feeling. Cassie Olfers, what are you chasing? Well, I think I've already kind of said it, but definitely Tokyo. Um, hopefully break that sub three and more than just by a hundredth of a second. And, uh, just chasing my kids and just being a better person, a better wife, better mom. And I just plan on running, hopefully, for the rest of my life. Cassie Olfers, thanks for joining me on Chasing Three Hours. Thank you. Thanks again to Cassie Olfers for joining me on today's episode. Thanks to Ian Alio for production assistance, as well as music and sound design. Thanks to Riss for the cover art. Head to Chasing3Hours.com for more from me as I write about my experiences out on the running trail, races, and a whole lot more. Email me at chasing3hours at gmail.com. If you liked what you heard today, be sure to subscribe, rate, review, and maybe share with a friend as well. New episodes will drop on Friday mornings. Enjoy your long run this weekend.